Welcome to the Understory Bard Podcast, where I talk about entrepreneurship, self-producing your own creative projects, and writing as a service. Admission to the Understory is free, but understanding always has a price. Let's light the lantern. What is up, creators? Wade, the Understory Bard here, and we continue our interview series today with Dom burgeoning Twitter celebrity and evil media affectionado. Dom, how are you doing today? I'm very good. Thank you for having me on, Wade. It is a pleasure. I'm expecting narwhals and excitement and sarcasm. But yeah, no, things are good. Bit of a headache from the old caffeine withdrawals, but uh, as is life of the creator. Yes, yes. Well, we're always trying new things, right? So um, it's, it's, if it's not optimizing my morning routine by hydrating and counting how many steps I do before 6.30, it's uh, eliminating all good things in life to write. So I get it. I get it. Um, Dom, well, I, it's funny. It's, it's your content online is what attracted me to you um, <laughs> and uh, in a good way, in a, in a total platonic way. And because uh, your video context, your video content is amazing. So I, I really enjoy it. Even without the sound off, um, you can tell it's funny. And so I enjoy that. So that's one of the reasons why I wanted to talk to you today. Um, but before we dive into that, let's go back to early, early Dom. How did you, where did you come from? Like, were you hatched in a hatchery? Were you, like, transported to, I don't even, you're in the UK somewhere? Like, give, give me a little backstory. Oh, the, the, how do you do it? The, so originally I'm from the southwest of the UK in a little county called Dorset where there's rolling, um, rolling countryside and cows and seaside and fish and I lived by the coast in a little town called Bridport and uh, yes slowly but surely the further I went towards London the more I got immersed into the digital space and um, became a digital creator but would you like to know the full story the big how I actually how I how it came about to be a digital creator no I, I would love it because I, I I'm always fascinated by how people got to where they are because sometimes you'll hear entrepreneurs say I had a lemonade stand coming out of the you know coming out of the womb and then that wasn't me right so and then other times people will be like me and they kind of come to the creative space a little later as they realize oh I actually am a creative person so I love hearing the story give me the full give me the full enchilada okay all right Many years ago, when Dom was at university, um, I didn't want to work in a bar. I didn't want to work in a shop store. And due to a serendipitous event, um, I ended up becoming a stripper for seven years. Um, well, still kind of do it now to this day. But anyway, so I did stripping at uh, university for quite a period of time. Spent Rhino, did gigs, the whole lot, the fireman suits. And I really enjoyed it. And then this little site came out called OnlyFans. And all of a sudden I had the opportunity to no longer have to do gigs. I could do what I'd been doing for years, but online at my own convenience. And so it was a fantastic opportunity to earn some extra money. So I did that for uh, two years, primarily in the male sectors. And during my stripping escapades, I had made up quite a network of 
uh, contacts. And a lady approached me and she asked me if I would help her husband get into the world of OnlyFans. And we worked together and we came up with a little system and he did quite well for himself. And off the back of this, along came another lady. And before I knew it, I had, uh, by just purely referral, I was onboarding men um, onto OnlyFans. So I decided to set up a company called uh, Black Label Productions, which is still run today, still referral-based, which is basically if gentlemen want to get into the uh, sex industry, then I help them find out how they do it, you know, how they can do it, maybe not showing their face, you know, fit it into their lives and what kind of content they need to produce. And more importantly, navigating the landmine of socials because the sex industry is... uh, Restrictions are increasing and you have to be more creative in the ways of how you present yourself. Alongside this, while I was at university, I was also a software engineer and I had been doing that for 13 years and um, enjoyed it for a relatively a good portion of it until COVID happened. Now, I am an extrovert, as you've probably seen by my content. I love um, being very flamboyant. I love people around me. I had nine interns and um, they basically a buyout came in on my current company and they got rid of them all. And I have... Um, basically ended up in a situation where I had gone from having, you know, rambunctious kids around me all the time asking me loads of fun to sitting in an office at home for 15 minutes in the morning um, and not really not, not really enjoying it. It was like every two days I would speak to people for a brief amount of time and it started impacting my, um, my, my health. And I got my first warning shot when I was woke up one morning and I am a massive cat dad. I have cats, not kids. And I have them all tracked. And I had been working longer and longer hours on this special project. And I woke up and I chugged two big cups of black coffee. I was tired. I looked at my cat tracker and it looked like someone had stolen her and put in the roughest part of my town. So I marched down there like an absolute lunatic ready to kick doors down to rescue my cat. Um, and I, my heart started going like crazy and I had I thought I was having a heart attack and turns out it was an anxiety attack um and it was the most hideous thing that I'd ever like felt in my life and I'm not a person who has anxiety but it it made me realize that this job probably wasn't that healthy for me and then I went to carry on for another year and then uh circumstances led to me um, you know where you're in a job and you it's not so bad that you will leave it but it's also not great that you really love it either and I was in that constant loop and I had my my kick my get out of here moment and um I I I, I quit on the day and I left by 11 o'clock the next um and I was like, I, I, and with if as if by magic, all my stress just melted away, and I suddenly realised that like this was this was not great. But the problem was is that at the time, all I had to my name <laughs> was onboarding men onto OnlyFans. So I was like, hmm, I need, I need to come up with a with a, a scenario. <laughs> I need a remedy to this solution because I can't quite stick uh, that on LinkedIn. So I um I I thought I know. I 
I'll uh, I'll, I'll make a, something a bit more business friendly. And I've always liked uh, anti-heroes, and I thought, well, I'll, I'll name my business the Evil Media Organization. Um, and I didn't know what to... I didn't have a freaking clue what to do, and I looked, and I found this, like, up-and-coming site called TikTok. You may have heard of it. And I thought, oh, I'll give this video video thing a go. Um, so I went there, and I was like, what the hell do I do as a lead magnet? So so many people talking about strategy. But I know I do social media analytics, because I was a anal- finance analyst anyway. So I started doing all these, I'll audit your socials for free. And I got hundreds of requests in. And um, out of there, I ran into two people. One of them was this actor out in L.A. And the other one was this um, uh, guy who does UFC um, uh, training, like the strength and conditioning. And uh, so... I did both work for them. The guy who I do my UFC work for, we still work to this day. He's given me bits and referrals and stuff. But what happened with the guy I was doing socials for, um, for this actor, basically he had like tons and tons of content. It was immensely morbid. Like it was really dark. And I, I, I was, I'm a real stickler for details. So I went through every single one of them. And I got to about 150 and I, I had to put it down. I rang up my friend in Australia and I said, can I just talk to you for a moment? Can I just hear the happy sounds of someone's voice? Because it's just, this is absolutely miserable. Um, and then we had a laugh about it and I carried on and I didn't. I got to the end and I thought, you've made me suffer. I, you know, be it my own suffering. I thought, I'll, <laughs> I'll give you a professional piece of my mind. I will be professional, but it's going to be quite, you know, a finger wag. <laughs> And I tore it to shreds and I gave him loads of feedback. And what I didn't realise is the day that I handed him this document was the day that he was going on this podcast to talk about social media and actors. And while I was there, they were going, oh, have you, you know, have you ever had your socials or looked at? And basically he said, I have to stop you there and talk about this guy who tore me a new asshole um, on, on TikTok. And he name dropped me and I woke up to 160 leads in my inbox box the next day just absolutely exploding um and i ran with it i took the baton and i just i just went mad with it um and i um yeah so uh off the back of that i started doing a holistic strategy service which is basically i look at people's content i tell them what they're doing wrong and what the market is doing now what off the back of this the problem is is no, no matter how much advice you give someone if someone is genuinely busy with the business and they're working they don't have to I, they just don't have time to do anything with the information so I thought I have to come up with a solution to this so I had prior to doing this like um, I had been doing a huge amount of podcasts myself like so um, we did one on like Dungeons and Dragons and Trump politics and science and all sorts and I basically came up with a system that involved clients turning up for half an hour we produce a huge amount of content for them and they go about their way and i did a few beta trials and people absolutely loved it um so hence uh hence was born the evil media production system and out of the back of that um i i like to study all the social platforms and find new offerings for my clients and then i found this you know i found twitter and i'd been on twitter before but i never thought about using it to earn money but i thought i know i could hire a load of vas 
and I could use it to lead gen for my clients. I say, I'll, I'll, we'll just write your tweets all day. So I spent two weeks putting that, setting up a system and realized the error of my ways almost instantaneously as, as I realized that's not quite how Twitter works. Um, and I so mothballed it. But what I did do is I realized that, um, you know, it is quite a good platform for people who have a personality because uh, apparently they're, they're, they're a bit rare on X as I've found. So, um, so I started creating my own content um, and I started leaning into um, writing comedy again and doing skits um, and just talking about my experiences and connecting people, you know, using the extrovert of my personality. Um, and it, it went really well. Um, and I have uh, yeah been able to generate some uh, a fair decent amount of uh, leads and clients and my friends and connections and got access to new markets. Um, and yeah that was i set up people media in march and now um yeah uh well now, now here i am there is a lot to unpack there so that is one of the if you would have i guess i probably could have solved this with a little a little pre-show research right but i don't do pre-show research i just say hey i want to have this person on and let's let's chat right i would have maybe i could have found that out about your your previous career but um, you know, for me, I started as a criminal defense attorney. And so I used, uh, I, I traveled in a lot of different places um, and met a lot of different interesting people in a totally different world. And that helps me now in the world that I'm in, right? And so um, I think I think it's much more interesting to, to talk to people that have had a prior life in something totally different than Wi-Fi money, right? Because there's this whole generation of people that they all they think is that that's out there is the internet or the interweb as i like to call it and uh you know and uh and that's it right and so they're shocked that there's other things out there where you can make money um there's two things i want to unpack that i really like what you talked about one is the concept of mr mrr right where it's like you set up this the service that's a recurring revenue for your for you as a as a creator, um, but then uh, but then also is a great service for your clients because then they can rely on that, right? Did you start there, or, do, or were you doing things on a project by project basis in the beginning? Um, so originally it was just project by project basis, but because the nature of like social is like surfing right you know you each wave is different and so you know what's happening now isn't necessarily going to be happening the next so while yes i would get a individual project there usually was quite a long retainer based on that because they people just don't have time which is the biggest you know the biggest reason people bring me on board like people can sit down and use ai video editors and look at and find all this information out for themselves i don't do anything you know, maybe the way I look at things is unique, but in terms of what I actually do, it is very simple. It's just like getting out there and getting your hands dirty. But yeah, people don't have time, um, and so it led on. Um, but yeah, the the subscription basis model, um, yeah, that that just came. That was just for to build up my MMR um, and just give me some safety and stuff because you know I no longer have. <laughs> corporate putting money into it so I wanted just that that safety net did you find did you find that the creative side of you once you switched to that model uh, had less friction to it that you you know on the creative side that you worked like cleaner I guess or you you were better at it um I mean I would say now that uh 
how do you mean to what so having a subscription made me more creative yeah because so for my personal experience right so i do writing as a service and so when i yeah. I, I did everything as a project right i was like oh i'll write your sales letter or oh i'll do this but when i switched over to the 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 mmr model right where it's a subscription base basically i yeah. was so much more like so much less friction I, I don't have to go search for clients rarely if i do i just go ask for a referral and then it just released me in terms of my ability to write you know what i mean and so like, i could just be so much more creative in my own projects that's what i experienced so i was just curious if you experienced the same thing or was you like no it was always the same because it's just for me it was always the same because it's different for everybody but i mean you know, i've always been pretty creative i have a process that uh, that was just born out of fluke or anything that for whatever reason whenever i walk to the gym which is 30 minutes i have these lightning bolt moments i if someone asked me to recreate them i i I couldn't and I just have to carry a pen and pencil around because I'm like oh that's really funny or I start laughing to myself or I'll be on the leg press benching and something and it's like oh that's really funny too and I'll note it down in terms of worry though I think just from a time management process the subscription basis is really handy because like I can absolutely bust my ass and get all my clients work done but then I can also be like hey I'm going to do some extra stuff but by the way I'm going to do some really creative stuff um, or I've just got my own time and then I can do my own thing but again like say a client drops off or i need to go through that sales cycle again then i do get less creative it's just is it's you know the wave effect again well i think for me it's it's the more stressed i am the, the crap the shittier of a creator i am right so it's like if i'm super stressed out i just i just like that dark morbid guy that you were looking at all of the stuff right i just start churning out this like morbid copy all day long which is like we're all gonna die like so when i'm but when i'm not stressed i'm a little more lighthearted and encouraging i think yeah so. yeah i mean stress is the great killer of creativity i think it's a great killer of everything to be honest um i don't think uh, apart apart from when i was writing deadlines for my university papers i don't think stress has ever <laughs> like, helped me out in any fashion some people it, it, i think it's i think it's vehicle dependent right so like when i was a trial attorney stress made me a better trial attorney so the higher the stakes of the trial i was doing the better i would the better i did so i was sports too right like i was not a practice player so in any of the sports that i ever played i it was the moment of the the game that made me good but for me personally creativity is exactly the opposite like i need i need candles i need i need a warm bath i need you know i need a a, a you know a whoopee i just i just need everything perfect and then i can create that's kind of a joke but not really yeah, I, I mean, I think I guess that comes down to like the different types of stress there are. Because like you know, you you go to the gym, you put stress on your body, but it's a positive thing because you're you know looking to grow and get stronger, etc. Like versus the stress of well, I can't pay my bills anymore. Like it's like it has a kind of a different toxic effect, as it were. Yeah, and and I think everyone's different. It's like when someone, you know, for you, you were more like me when you said, "I'm not doing this job anymore, so I'm going to quit and I'll figure it out." Right? That's yeah. That's kind of what I did when I left the law. Like I, I got enough writing retainers where I was like, "Okay, I can do this," but it didn't pay my bills, and I had a wife and two kids, and so. But other people, they need a big runway, and I think that's really important for creators who are looking to transition to figure that out for themselves. You may not want to do what Dom did and quit the day he figured it out. 
right? Unless you're Dom, like Dom, or you may want to have a little bit more runway, depending. Um, but I think that's great. I love I love hearing that story because it annoys me when I see people on Twitter, on Money Twitter, being like, "You need to be making two times your salary and have six months of savings." I was like, "Yeah, well, then I never would have done it." So I mean, it wouldn't. Would never yeah. happen that way. I mean, I was in a fortunate position that I had some. Um, I mean, I had black uh, black label productions in the background, and I also had uh, you know recurring income from my OnlyFans, and I had a little bit of cash in the bank to kind of soften the blow. Um, so, I, I mean, I still probably wouldn't advise people to take you know too much of a big jump. Um, you know, it's one of the advantages of doing it younger. I mean. It, it's it. I, I look back and I kind I kind of kick myself and I think, well, what if I had done this, like when I was twenty three or twenty five, etc. You know, would I be in? You know, would I be? You know, a multi millionaire at this point? Would I own? You know, you know these huge agencies. But then again, if I hadn't been through all these shapes and you know the steps and been shaped by what the experience has done to me, would I be the same person and would I be able to do what I'm doing now? So. Who knows? Well, that's the same thing people always say about. So I had my kids late, right? So I'm. Uh, I had my first kid when I was 44. I was told there was no math today, and so um, I had my kids late. And everyone always says, "Oh, you should have your kids earlier." And I wish I had my kids earlier so I can spend more time with them. But then it's not the same kids, right? So like then, yeah, what I'm gonna I'm gonna have different kids. Like give up. I'll, I go back in a time machine. Like yeah, I'll just give these two up that I had right now. I'll get new ones. They'll be just as good. It's not the same. It's it's not the same. So I don't. I think we all go through the process and where we are is, is as a result of the process. And, and, um, you know, you definitely wouldn't be talking to me today if you would have started this when you were 24. Well, that, that's the, that's the, that's the crazy thing. Like I feel ever since I've left my job and just put myself in, um, in the way of things, the way, the analogy I like to use is that if I stand in the middle of the road, um, you know, I'm not necessarily going to get hit by a car, but uh, the likelihood of it certainly increases. And ever since I've, like, Twitter especially, I've, like, put myself in front of, like, all these CMOs and, like, I've spoken to, like, multi-multi-millionaires and stuff. Like, opportunities have just... Um, they're just blown out the ground. They just, they've just appeared. It's like, like mushrooms. And I'm just like, is it... Is it me, or is it just the fact that it is all I is it just as simple as putting yourself out there in front of people in the right situations, and everything just falls into place? I think I think part of it's Twitter, honestly. I mean, obviously, it's you and putting yourself out there. Nobody nobody hears the tree in the forest that falls that's not around it, or whatever the saying is. I don't know. I don't know if it's an English saying. You guys invented that with the wardrobe of Narnia or something. I don't know, but yeah, it's. Uh, it's not just that, but it's Twitter itself because when I, I ghost wrote for a, a like a venture capital newsletter for a while and every single venture capitalist and every single startup person, when you ask to 100%, when you ask them, hey, where do people find you? How can people contact you? Twitter. To, to, to a man and to a woman. It was not every single time. And that's when I was like, oh, I better get on Twitter because there's just something about the accessibility on the platform where it is it's incredible like the 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 like I talk to a CEO all every day of this this uh, this product I don't want to dox the guy but every day I talk to him and his I think his company's worth like 500 million dollars and he we're just talking about just shoot the shit right it's, you yeah. can't you can't beat it for for access but then the second thing though is I think 
is um, is just reps. Like you, you've you've had. So we started the same month according to Twitter, but I don't even know. Like because we started in August of 2022 is when you joined. I don't know if that's when you started posting, but you have 7,256 posts since yeah. since that. Right now, I'm at 9,600. So I'm a little. I'm, I'm beating you. So that's that's. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm, yeah. own, I'm owning you on the reps, but you have more followers than me. So we'll just, uh, we'll agree to disagree on that. Um, no, but, but seriously, like you're putting, that's what I love about your account is like, you're like, you're like, fuck it. I'm just going to do as many as this. I'm going to keep doing this until I get signal. And I think your effort has a lot to do with those connections. I mean, is, are you, are, are you finding yourself making discoveries because of the volume? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I believe in the Gary Vee model of social at the moment, which is that you just have to keep throwing stuff at the wall into its stick, uh, until it sticks. I think the volume has led to I, I've thrown so many darts that I've hit a few really good bullseyes. And what I tend to do, I'm pretty good. At, I always check on my engagement. I check my DMs and stuff, but I'm pretty good at like chasing up those opportunities. That I think, ah, this person. You know, this is really good. They're really interesting. We get on, we gel, and then I'm straight into the DMs. I'm straight into the calls. You know, we're ringing each other. You know, a couple of times a week and stuff, and you know, making friends and stuff. Um, and that, hence why you know, um, I had that kind of success around that. I think if I had not posted as much as I had, then uh, I still feel I would have made some connections, but certainly not as many as I have right now. Um, and some of them, which I'm yet to release, have just been like absolutely mind blowing. Like, just I have to pinch myself to like, like is this real? Um, so yeah. Well, and, I, and this is a message I like to tell people who have small accounts, right? So I just went over 500 accounts, but I guarantee you that the the clients that I have gotten from Twitter, that my biggest clients from Twitter. Um, but just the clients and the connections that I get from Twitter, I, I far make more money than people with much larger accounts just because of the way that of the connections, right? The way that you use it, the way that you can, if you know how to like approach people and get approached, frankly. Um, and so I, that's why I always want to encourage people to not get discouraged if you have a low follower account, because I think it's almost irrelevant if you know what you're doing. Yeah, people, I mean depending on what circles you are on twitter like people put too much of an emphasis on social like social metrics like to be honest i can care if, I, I wouldn't care less if i had like 20 followers if like three of them were amazing leads and people like you know i was generating my business off them and i was having great you know social interaction with them because i look at my friend circle let alone my business ones and you know i can count that on one hand so uh, it, it's but it, it, it it's there's a, i think there's a lot of pressure from certain internal life industries on social which are based around time like the growth and stuff and that you're only going to get like you're only going to be successful if you have thousands of followers that make people think oh yeah i need to make as many connections it's like i've got like got like what 870 odd followers right now and i maybe maybe interact with maybe two percent of them 80, 880, um, i'm looking at your profile right now 886 so you're you're, you're uh you shorted yourself don't do that oh my, my bad maybe it's grown <laughs> in the last uh maybe five minutes i've just gained <laughs> exactly you're, you're you're exploding um yeah no and i 
and I think like your story is you have so many encouraging things about your story, right? And and um, another thing I want to talk about that you I want to touch on when you kind of talked about your like kind of your your process is so we just talked about how hey I'm going to do a lot of content I'm going to find signal there right and that's going to be sort of my lead gen but then you talked about I'm going to take my um, clients content and then I'm going to repurpose it or I'm going to use it Um, I think many people sit on that concept of I'm going to take what they have and then I'm going to turn it into something better and that they I think people don't realize what kind of a skill that is can you walk me through your process a little bit on that so what the evil media uh, so my business model is that we will so we sit down for 30 minutes um we do a bit of a preamble before so i get an idea of their icp their point pain points what their um clients are interested what their business is doing um and then i do a bit of research on like tiktok instagram the news um and i work out kind of like what where they're business basically sits in social and i will generate a huge plethora of um questions and we sit down and we'll have a very casual chat where i ask them like i'll go you know can you tell me about um what you think of like so i work in housing for example okay what do you think of the inflation of housing prices right now and they give me a really nice answer and then we, what i do is i take that big chunk of recording and I will narrate it. Uh, I will no. I will turn that into text, and I'll send that off to a copywriter. And the copywriter will then turn those into tweets, um, into newsletters, into long-form tweets, into emails. I will then take the video, and I will chop that up, and I'll turn that into engaging short-form content, um, and post that across to all the socials, and then. Uh, if it's a podcast, then the podcast also goes up on YouTube, for example, or Spotify. Um, that gets turned into shorts, then gets turned into tweets. And for half an hour, with a little bit of simple uh, systemization, you can turn very little into a lot. Um, and that's, you know, that's just, just, uh, just a little bit of clever thinking on how you what you do with what you say um you know you can put yourself absolutely everywhere in like and it's not just shoehorned in which i actually hate it's just like oh i have done something therefore someone must be interested on the internet no it's like it's actually what people want to hear you know it's actually what is going to draw people in terms of leads or make them you know sound interesting you know further emphasize their expertise well, and I think, I think the the advantage of having a diverse group of clients is that you get what you know the signal that you get in one vertical helps you in the other verticals because you see, oh, okay, this client's doing this, this is working, people are interested in this. Let me see how I can apply this other client in a similar way, and you know you can get a lot of you know it gives you an advantage I think over having just a couple people. Yeah, no, absolutely, and uh, like having a lot of clients as well, you learn. The, a lot of pain points especially early on when i started this i was learned a, a lot of what the, my client struggles were so then i could then build it into the system and you know help them out like not making them the same mistakes like again people um i found with like in the podcasting space is that actually the the, the biggest headache for people is that like 
they don't know how to actually express emotion like you end up with people who are just kind of like very flat and i so the other day i was doing like a screaming exercise with people <laughs> like how to be flamboyant on your podcast and <laughs> wave your arms um or more recently i found that clients are struggling actually with coming up with stuff to say they don't know like even though they're an expert in their ic you know they're an expert in their field they don't know what is actually going on in turn on social at the time of what they should be talking about what subject so you know we sit down now and we have like a, a mini preamble session we we'll plan it out and we we'll script it out um and then they you know they go away and do their thing um and that yeah just well and i think i think that's part of the that's part of the skill right that's what people pay for is like okay i have like you know you're going to look at someone and they're going to they have a body of knowledge they have a body of work and they can literally talk about anything in the vertical right and so you're like i'm going to give them the prompts that i know they can talk about and put them in a position to succeed but what i'm also going to do is give them prompts that i know that other people want to hear right yeah so we're thinking about that top of level top of funnel content versus let's not Let's not go all nerd, you know, let's not go to the smartest nerds in the world in the basement and talk about, you know, the, the analysis of whatever at the end. Let's talk about top of level that normal people are interested in. Yeah, the way I like to look at it is like, you know, the information, everyone can read the same information and, you know, talk about it. But what I'm, what I do is that is I am taking this information and I'm putting it through the lens of my client and giving the world their perspective on that information that knowledge you know and if be it they are an expert in that industry then they probably have some extra embellishment or they're just reiterating and because of the consistency of them producing that content that you know they're they're showing that they are on top and you know an expert well and I, yeah and i think that's a benefit of the benefit of the of the subscription model is that some things are going to work great. Some things are not going to work not so great. But over time, you start to learn what your client's good at. And you start to learn is what people want to hear from, from your client. Because you can have two people in the exact same vertical with the exact same business. And yeah. for whatever reason, you, the same content's not going to, not going to resonate. Yeah. I mean, I th that's one of the pitfalls of social. It's like the great thing about the subscription is I think I'm quite affordable. Um, and one part of the onboarding process of my clients is that social is a long game especially in the organic field like so many people think that especially like again i think it's because of like internalized industries it's like oh you know i made 10k this month you know look at all this money that i've got and it's very easy to you know fixate on the top of the iceberg and go oh yeah but little do they see that the, there's been so much testing underground or they've you know bought on coaches and industry experts and stuff to really help accelerate them to that point um and uh, you know that's that's say with the subscription model i can work with my clients over a, a you know we can start them off on a quite good baseline and you know they're getting interest but we can then build on that and we can build their authority and dare i say the quote-unquote brand and you know turn them into a you know the, the public figure the expert they want to um and that's the that's the also the, the great i think that's why i kind of like this industry because um, social is forever changing and like it really does suit a subscription model because like what happens now like it's like you can't just buy a month and then expect to do the same thing over and over again and get the same results you have to you, you know you have to go with the wave you have to 
see what's different what's changing like for example you know at the moment on twitter talking head videos may be the you know the easy way to get you know engagement but a month down the line we might have to wear pink flamingos on our head or you know we might have to turn our heads 45 degrees or you know it's all about techno music in the background or you know cameras in the upper third and minecraft videos in the lower half like it it just shifts and evolves well and there's a dance right because you don't if everybody's doing it then it's not working anymore right so there's mm-hmm. everything gets played out so you don't want to be derivative of just ever, look like everybody else because everyone's going to ignore you but at the same time too is you know your your client has a certain comfort level with their brand you know so you can't do if you have a very conservative client so like you, you can't be like let's do you know feet pictures right <laughs> like, you know so um it's a dance it's, it's a dance you know and it's it's a dance between you know i experienced this as a ghostwriter it's like okay yeah i mean i i did a you know and maybe we can talk a little about about comedy like i did a one-man show like i i've i'm not a, i'm not a stand-up comedian or anything like that i'm more of a humorist but i can i can go full funny but you know my my real estate guy's not gonna like that right so how do you how do you get your clients to move one or two degrees outside their comfort zone to make them more interesting? Um, I am fairly picky about who I am bored as a client. Um, I definitely I feel that there are some people who do better in the textual space and kind of like the more LinkedIn environments. Like the people, yeah. That, that, Basically, I choose clients who are going to be more likely to do, you know, shift, um, shift towards more doing alternative things. And it's not necessarily crazy things, but just realizing that they will have to kind of not be fixed. And the more important element is, is that they listen to me, that they trust that I know what I'm doing and I'm going to handhold. Because the moment they start trying to be the 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 social engineer you know the the video producer and stuff it's just like it's like why am i here like you know if you can do the job you do it um and i I, that's probably the number one reason why i've fired clients in the past is because they've become the 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 pseudo expert and i i'm all for like client feedback is incredibly important absolutely you know i want to hear what they thought they think and you know they like it but at the same time i'm not looking for them to like just wing their opinion i don't want to it's it's got to be based in fact not just well I, i don't like Oranges, like what's there to like them? <laughs> Fruit and vegetables. I don't do that. No, yes. I, and I'm I'm totally with you on that because I guarantee you that I've spent more time on this topic than you have. Whatever it is that I'm telling you, right? Like that's how I feel. About mm-hmm. it. Like that's why you hired me, right? I just had a client. I just had a client where I'm doing a newsletter for it. I, I wrote the, the the welcome email and I said these are the reasons that we're doing the welcome email. This. This is what I want for deliverability. And, and then they're like, well, I think for deliverability, I was like, hey, listen, I've, I've done 125 hours on deliverability, right? In terms of probably in the last 30, like, like I don't know, six months of just studying deliverability, right? Mm-hmm. So the key in that point is that how do you how do you get that client relationship? Because I'm not going to fire the client because they're an awesome client. But it's like, how do you agree with them and say yes, but then you kind of tiptoe around it and say, well, what about this, right? And that's a skill I'm still developing right now because I'm kind of a curmudgeon and part of me is 
he's just like, just do what I say. And that doesn't work well with my clients or with my wife. Like, do you have a process for that where you kind of work through that with them? I mean, I just of- show them by evidence. Like, the, you know, it's like, oh, well, if they have any doubts around it, it's like, this is your industry. This is your ICP. Mm-hmm. This is what they are all producing. This is what's in the media right now. And read what your ICP are saying in the comments. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, are they liking this style of video? Oh, they really like that tweet. Look at the engagement. Are your DMs blowing up? Yes. Well, do we need to question it then? It's like, probably not. And then we move on. Yeah. And then because we have a good relationship and because we get on together, like, you know, we we communicate, we agree, and then we move on in a, in a pleasant manner without any friction. That's the nice thing about emails is that the production value is low. So I can be like, great, we'll send your email, right? We do the old, we'll send your email, we'll, we'll send, then we'll send my email and we'll see what happens. And then almost, I, I don't think I've ever had a situation where the email just is not completely tanked, right? Their email. So I'm like, it, it actually can, if you do it correctly and you have confidence in what you do, it can build, it can make it stronger, your client relationship stronger because you give them the space to be heard and then you also get to get more credibility. It is a problem though if your client stuff does better than your stuff. So that's not good. Yeah, no, that that's always a bit of a, a <laughs> foot in mouth situation. Um, so I'm I, I'm I'm interested in your Twitter positioning because it's I, I'm looking at your profile and it says digital media production for fitness industry experts. And so, then, yeah, and then you have a very so hel- the, go ahead. So the banner is wrong at the moment because I decided to change it for a joke the other day. Oh, on a post got it. I was okay, doing. Cool. Oh, so this is. And then, I was like, well, this doesn't make any sense. Oh, great, this is funny. All right. Yes. So I I decided to ch- change it for a joke, and when I was doing one of my tongue-in-cheek follower celebration uh, posts, and then I realised that I don't have the assets for the old one anymore. Um, so I had to change it to what, the original one before I kind of broadened my. Uh, niche as it were um, so yeah that's that's currently stuck at it but I've got big changes coming in for that so until then um, it'll oh, she'll be the I, temporary I like this expert. manly picture of you where you look like you look like you can bench press my house I mean you, what is your like do you know what your bench is like you bench like a yeah so my top pounds, my, think? so my top end for reps is 180 kilo um, and my one I I don't know. I haven't done one rep maxes for quite some time. I think it's around 190 um, because I my pec started tearing a little bit down the side, and I didn't want to kind of really push it. So. 418 pounds. That's that's my. So you know, obviously we don't do the metric system in America. So when you said 190 kilos, I was like, oh, that doesn't sound like very much. And then I I had a. I, I literally had to go to Google and be like, "How many?" This is my American, right? This is why you make fun of me. You, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a, a conversion of kilos, and then I'm gonna go to the gun range. I'm sure that's what you probably think Americans are are like. <laughs> this is actually true. So I will go to the gun range after this, just to spite you. Uh, no, so it says uh, 418 pounds. That's pretty, pretty good. Yeah. So, but at the moment, I, I so I tore my rotator cuff. Um, uh, about a year ago and it's been repairing it ever since so now I'm back into uh, doing upper body work and stuff like that because I like to do uh, cosplays and I like to do them to raise money for cat charities and stuff so um, I'm currently doing I want to do a Vegeta one but I've got to lose a lot of fat for that and I also want to do a God of War one uh, Kratos um, so those are the two I'm aiming for what, at the was, the first, what was the first one? 
Vegeta from Dragon Ball Z. Oh, okay, got it, got it. Um, so, what would you say? What would you say that your vertical is, or that your niche is now? Right, like how would you describe it in terms of what is your your dream client? So, if they're listening to this right now and they hear you say this, you're like, I have got to call Dom. I have got to DM Dom right now. Um, I mean, I. So I used to be very, very. I used to love. I, I do love working in the fitness market. Um, you know, I've got the pleasure of working with um, uh, Adam, who's um, enhanced fitness. Uh, he's going to help hate me for forgetting the name of the Instagram. Um, but basically, he does. Um, yeah, he does UFC uh, strength and conditioning and. Um, it works with some amazing fighters and Olympians and bits and pieces. I love that area because you get to meet with all those uh, kind of people. But in terms of, I do so I work with a lot of sales guys. I find that quite interesting because um, you meet some like sales. Obviously, isn't specific to any market, so you get to see like these fantastic like like people who sell boats and uh buildings and um you know amazon automation stores um and the other one is the housing market but i just want to work with cool people that's the, i don't really now i'm uh, i my my systems are so solid that i can pretty much have unless it's like some sort of crazy industry like heart surgery where i'm probably not going to be able to look into it um i can i can look at an industry i can learn about it i can learn from them and then we can work together on you know whatever that vertical is um but at the moment is sales the housing market and the fitness industry are my two main verticals that i work with well I, and i think i think just from you describing your process it really does seem to me that you could you know you could plug and play whatever you wanted to right it's just the key is just yeah. finding a good fit for you and the client yeah right? and that's a lot of creative work i think if you, if you can have a good fit with your client 75% of the work is done, right? Because yeah. because it's a collaborate, you know, creativity in this realm is a collaboration, not a not a negotiation, right? Um well, I want to be respectful of your time. So before we go, a couple things. One is this and this was not on my bingo card today, but do you have any specific cat charities that you would like to talk about so that people could donate to? Do you have any like specific ones that you um, I mean, there's uh, t- it's very local. There's the local Maidenhead Cat Charity. Um, there's the RSPCA, um, but the Maidenhead Cat Charity is the one that I uh, give my pennies towards at the moment. Um, yeah. So. Well, we are a very pro pro animal house household. Mrs. Bard, my wife Kristen, um, is uh, you know she's an actress, so a former actress, and so they're all incredibly left wing animal friendly people so I'm a North Dakota farm I'm a North Dakota farm boy so we we eat animals but but I'm a very pro dog I got a dog I too I too enjoy eating animals <laughs> just just not not the cat not cats yeah I don't eat cats either so um, but I, you know, or dogs but I do joke that my dog is our emergency food supply but you know that's not, that's neither <laughs> here, here nor there um, alright Dom well, listen how can people find you and um, you know give it what your uh, your Twitter handle is at evil media org um, or a G and um, your website is evil-media.co.uk um, yep. or co.uk um, and is there anywhere else that you want people to look for you uh, yeah if you want to email me um, you can find me at business at 
um, evil-media.co.uk you can find me on Instagram at evilmediaorg uh, you can find me on TikTok at evilmediaorg um, I'm pretty much on all socials but if you want to really get hold of me then Twitter is the way to go about it well I, like I said I'll put all this in the show notes and uh, anything else and I'll find the link for that cat um, all jokes aside I'll, put, I'll find a link for the cat um, charity and make sure that that's in there as well I might need your help in knowing where that is in the UK but we'll, we'll talk about that um, and I've, like I said, I've really enjoyed your content. It makes me laugh, and that's a hard thing to do. Um, and so in my world, that's one of the highest compliments I can give someone is, is that you make, is that you make me laugh. Um, and so I enjoy your video. I enjoy your videos, especially your shit posting videos. I love them. So um, it's uh, it, it brightens my day, even with the sound off. It's just they're just funny. So um, that is that is the highest compliment I can give you. So thank you so much for coming on today. And I can't wait to have you on again. Brilliant. Thank you for having me. Uh, Looking forward to it. Absolutely. Talk to you soon. Congratulations. You made it out of the understory alive. If you'd like to get more content from me where I discuss entrepreneurship, self-producing your own creative projects and writing as a service, you can subscribe to my daily email list at understoryemails.com. Again, that is understoryemails.com.